This episode of Battlestar Galactica and Smoking and Drinking in Space touch upon a topic that's of growing concern, and that's of suicide. If you or somebody you know is contemplating suicide, please seek help or dial the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255. You don't lose control. Thanks. No. You gotta lose control. Let your instincts take over. I thought we were just sparring. That's why you don't win. And welcome to Smoking and Drinking in Space. This is a sci-fi podcast from a couple guys who think they know sci-fi. I'm Jason. This is Red. And today we're discussing Season 1, Episode 12, Cobalt's Last Gleaming, Part 1. But first, let's talk about some sci-fi news. Um, so, I hear that Star Trek Discovery is uh, changing showrunners. They, they gave the axe to the two current showrunners and they're bringing on Berman, I think. News to me, I have so distanced myself from Star Trek and Star Trek Discovery, it's not even funny. Yeah, it's, uh, I, I didn't watch it because I'm not just a huge Star Trek fan. I think uh, the last Star Trek show that I really liked was The Next Generation. Yeah. And, um, I mean, Enterprise was okay. Enterprise but, had a lot of potential until they went to that Zindi thing. Yeah, it was, I think, the fourth or fifth episode that I was just, you know, done. It, was, it wasn't it was really going anywhere. I didn't really enjoy it. It just seemed like it stalled. And then I got busy with other things and forgot all about it and didn't miss it. Yeah. So, um, but yeah. I hear uh, you there. The, when they... When they started announcing Discovery, I was like, well, yeah, I'll, uh, I'm sorry. It's not Berman that's, that's the new showrunner. It's Alec Kurtzman. Um, when they, when they started announcing Star Trek Discovery, I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll give that a try. We'll see how the, how that works out. You know, Star Trek hasn't been I was on fine. TV and almost, I was a fine with watching it until they told me I had to pay money on CBS's online site to watch. I'm like, that fuck is that. exactly this when I decided, yeah, fuck it. I'm not. I'm not gonna get a ten dollar a month CBS all access yeah, subscription just to watch a single show. If it's not good enough to handle regular advertising and get on TV, then screw it. Yeah. So that's that's when uh, I was out. This is why YouTube is starting to get gobbled up by all these big networks because people are turning to YouTube for content. Very, some of it very good independent content. And yeah. They're, they're cracking down because they're losing money. Yeah. So um, it's not really sci fi. It's not really sci fi at all. But Cobra Kai is a YouTube Red yeah. um, production or it's distributed through YouTube Red. And that's actually a really good series. I was pleasantly surprised. Well, and I need to watch that one. And also, I, I got to keep giving kudos to Netflix. I love the fact that they got my old TV shows. I love the fact they got both current and older movies. And they're putting out some really good independent content on their own. 
Yeah, I've kind of started weaning myself off of Netflix, though. Some of their new shows I'm really not interested in. Um, but it's really pissing me off that I go to look for a movie that used to be on Netflix and it's gone. And it seems more times than not now, whenever I go to look for a movie that I want to watch, it's not on Netflix. So I know that they're ramping up a lot of their original content, which, hey, I'm fine with. Original content's great. But it seems like they're really shortening their their movie availability list that's not original content. And I don't know if that's distributors yanking their stuff from Netflix or they just don't want to negotiate new contracts because they're concentrating more on original content. But it's it's getting to where... I'm not using Netflix enough to keep my subscription. So I'm, I'm yeah. just about that threshold. Well, and see, with me on Netflix, I watch it quite a bit. But it's important to uh, remember that these, these distributors that are putting out the movies, they're probably, if they start seeing the numbers going up, they're going to want more money. Netflix is trying to keep things down so it's affordable for their, for their subscribers. I can see where it's coming from. Not to mention, it would surprise me if some of this isn't also coming by way of the TV networks that are losing, pardon me, viewers, like myself, who cut the cable. I'm strictly internet now. Oh, yeah, me too. Well, If I can't pull it out of the air, then I just go to Netflix or YouTube or Hulu or Amazon Plus, and that's where I get my, my, my stuff, and I'm, I'm fine with it. So I'm, I'm, I'm a cable cutter. I don't have cable, but I do have a DirecTV Now subscription. So it's, it's kind of that gray area in between cable cutting and, uh, and having cable. Because right. I still have most of the channels that I had with cable. I'm just not paying, you know, three times right. the price. But see, they're also turning green with envy because they're not making the kind of money they want. Yeah, that's true. Um, but Amazon Prime is also, you know ramping up their original content. In fact, one of the series that I'm really looking forward to that should hopefully be launching in the next few months, I think probably at the beginning of the fall, is uh, The Man in the High Castle. Oh, yes. I enjoyed that. Yeah. So uh, season three should be ramping up or should be launching on that in the next you know, three, four months. Hopefully. I haven't heard a, a definitive release date, but Amazon's always kind of weird about that they really don't release a, a release date until maybe a month or less before yeah it releases but don't they got kind of a eccentric boss that likes putting cars in orbit no that's elon musk he works for tesla but their eccentric oh. boss is uh jeff bezos and bezos yeah he's he's got a his own little space project so he's he's kind of Kind of like Elon Musk. He's the guy who doesn't like to pay his warehouse workers very much. <laughs> so. Well, they get paid. They sure, get paid. They get paid, I'm sure, and, you know, water and. <laughs> Are we going to get into water again? Water. <laughs> Here we go. Fiji, Dasani. So I read this past week that there are two joker movies in development really yeah so all right from what i understand there's one in development that involves jared leto who played joker in the suicide squad nice not real fond of his joker it was 
just kind of there. Uh. Um, and the second one I have fewer details on. I haven't looked into that as much. But I want to say, and I'll have to double check on this, um, they're looking at Leonardo DiCaprio as the Joker? You know, a few that. years ago, I would have pissed all over that idea. I was not a DiCaprio fan. And then I watched Django Unchained. And <laughs> he turned into an actor sometime. And I will definitely watch pretty much anything he does now. I'm still yeah, not going to watch Titanic. I'm not gonna, I refuse. So I've always liked Leonardo DiCaprio as a as an actor. Um, I think the first time I ever saw him in a movie, it was either no, I think it was This Boy's Life was the first movie that I ever saw him in. And he was I liked him as the character. It was it was a good movie, um, and then. What's eating Gilbert Grape? He was he was. Oh good God, that. that hurt! Oh, that hurt! <laughs> you didn't like that movie? No, I liked it fine. It just hurt. It wasn't a very happy movie. No, it wasn't a very happy movie. You're right. So, I guess I was hoping that DiCaprio was going to be like the new Christian Slater, and he was not the young star that Slater was. Yeah, Christian Slater was one of those interesting actors who seemed to be doing really well when he was young and then just kind of dropped off the mat. Yeah. Although I do like him in his his current series, uh, Mr. Robot. That was he's he's pretty good as uh well, he he basically plays the the same role that Imaginary 6 does. He's Yeah. He's somebody's imaginary friend, so I tried being an imaginary friend once. I did. They kept finding me in the bushes. I kept saying, I'm not here. You don't see me. <laughs> they kept screaming, stranger, stranger. Like, oh, shit. Gotta go find another friend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so research on the fly. This is always fun. Well, sure. Shows that I'm well prepared. Did my homework. Right. Hey, hey, that's what the edit for. We, we can edit this <laughs> shit out. Well, what you should do, right? We should do the editing whenever we got some edit, uh, some some research on the fly. We can put in the girl from Nipanina. And then you know, bam! It might be an hour, and they're only going to hear you know, ten seconds, fifteen seconds. That's a great idea. So there you go. Minor so, edit. Yes, it looked like uh, there were rumors that DiCaprio... Oh, 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 oh another idea, another idea. Got another What's idea, got Go. another idea. All right, all right, all right. Right before we do the girl from Nipanina, right? Dun, 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 dun. This is sci-fi based, yes? Yeah. We go back to the original The Fly. And right at the beginning, we hear this, Help me! Help me! <laughs> and then we cut into the music. And then you come back and you've got all the research done because you are the fucking boss. Perfect. There it is. Done. So it looks like recording that. So that that my voice isn't going to be a part of that. 
Right. You've no. got too much appreciation for my artistic qualities. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm fucked. All right. All right. Go ahead. And continue. <laughs> so, so it looks like uh, Leonardo DiCaprio was rumored to be in the next Joker movie, but yeah. now it's now they're saying it's Joaquin Phoenix. Oh shit! Well, yeah, he's nuts. Yeah, so, that'll work. <laughs> so it'll be interesting to see where this goes. Um, and the last thing that I had this week was Incredibles two release. Oh, I want to see that. I'm going to go see that tomorrow for Father's Day. So nice. Looking forward to that. And then I think uh, I think I'll check out the International House of Burgers tomorrow too. Oh fuck! What do you think about that? <laughs> International House of Burgers. So when when I saw the commercial for International House of Burgers and they flipped the P to a B, I was like, well, they they said, we're just going to do a name change. They they were making it real mysterious. And uh, I saw them flip the P to a B and I was like, oh, they're going to do International House of Burgers. And then I heard everybody saying, no, it's going to be International House of breakfast or something yeah. like that. And I was like, well, that's probably closer to what they're doing. International house of breakfast. I, it turns out I was right. So I like being right. And international house of burgers. I'm going to go eat a burger there just because I, I laid right. some money down. It was a long shot, but the odds were good for international house of broccoli. <laughs> but you know, I'm telling you, the win on that was going to be astronomical. Yeah, yeah. International but House of Broccoli. It's a good, hey, it's roughage. Needs to happen. It needs to. It's what I had at lunch today with a wonderful sirloin steak dinner that I had at lunch. Yeah, that's My early good. Father's Day, medium rare. Loved it. And the cook even screwed up a little bit, and about half of it was rare. Oh, delish. Nice. Yeah, but you like yours blue. Well, rare. Biting, blue, yeah. biting cattle is not dining. It's assault. You just can't run up and bite a cow in the ass. Not in all countries. <laughs> yeah, in some you're wed. Right. I now pronounce you bovine and man. You may bite the bride. All right, so uh, you got any news this week? Absolutely none. Absolutely none. I was out of town. I went and saw some family up in Utah. I've come back. I'm just putting the pieces back together, playing catch up with my life here around the house. And I have done very little fun, interesting stuff on the computer. I've been busy enjoying family and getting things geared up here at the house. But that doesn't mean my inner geek isn't still there. I am moving back into the swing. <laughs> Very cool. All right. Well, let's get to the pod crawl. Pod crawl. We can call it, I don't know, say a pod crawl. The pod crawl. Pod crawl. Pod crawl. Pod crawl. Excellent. Insert it deep. Pod crawl. Kind of like a space suppository full of information. Apollo goes a few rounds with the old man, literally. Starbuck has Apollo fantasies as Baltar shares a dick-shrinking moment. As the Caprica turn takes a tragic turn for the better. Rosalind seeks spiritual enlightening, so the cleric lights some candles. 
Baltar right. plays the role of the jilted lover as he sucks down more than his share of green Kool-Aid and has a conversation with himself and Rosalind at the same time. Boomer and Crash play Scan the Planet Part 3, The Scannoning. Hero <laughs> and not Boomer have a slight dip in their relationship. Lee shows his own green-eyed monster. Rosalind sees a facehugger on Cobalt, confirming the 13 tribes were seeded by the engineers and the Cylons were early biogenetic experiments used to wipe out humanity, but when it failed, the engineers started the xenomorph experiments based on... Wait, what was I talking about again? Holy shit! Adama considers laying down <laughs> roots. Rosalind wants to play Laura Croft in the secret of Athena's temple. The Cylons found Cobalt as well and ruined the ruin-searching party Galactica had planned. Crash lives up to his name... Rosalind uses her religious wiles to rope Starbuck into finding a mythical arrow of door opening plus three. Starbuck calls bullshit on Adama's earth-finding plan and roll credits. <laughs> that was great. I like that one. Plus three arrow of door opening. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah, this was, uh, this was an you. interesting episode. I told you. They're, they're getting into some real uh, metaphysical shit here. Yeah, yeah. They are. They are. So, um, so much for Earth. So much for Earth, yeah. So much for Earth. Well, they found Cobalt. It's uh, blue sure. and brown and has stuff on it. So, But no, that, that picture, when I first saw it, the, the satellite picture that they showed and that she imagined, you know, shit on there, buildings yeah. with people teaming around. It yeah. looked like a fucking face hugger. <laughs> I didn't think first, about that. That's the first thing I saw was, oh, my I God, that's in the never, shape of a face hugger. Out of all the times I've seen this show, I never made that connection. But you are absolutely right. What if they did that intentionally? I don't know. It's. I haven't Somebody needs to see them at a con and bring it up. Yeah, ten years later. <laughs> no oh, longer than that. It. It's almost uh it's close to fifteen years at this point. Yeah, I know. What do you think? So the whole Baltar and Starbuck thing, I think, was just thrown in there to give some tension between Apollo and Starbuck. Oh yeah. And I think that probably could have been deleted, left on the well, cutting room floor. It's, it's, I think Baltar should have been left on the cutting room floor. Well, I do too. <clears throat> I mean, not, not saying anything against the actor's ability to do it. He did a fine job, just the character, the way he was written. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was simply for more of that development stuff you're so into. The character development, but they weren't really yeah. developing any characters. We we already know that Starbuck is a fuck up. Uh, we already know that there's sexual tension between her and and Apollo. Right. We didn't need. I mean, oh, it was. I wish it was there was. Than, I fucking wish there was where we, you were about to stumble over sexual tension between her and Daddy. I mean, Adama. Oh <laughs> my God! Yeah. Absolutely. No, um, I thought it was funnier than shit whenever she was calling out Lee's name and uh, Baltar was was actually the one, you know, uh -huh. having sexy times with them. Because the way they shot it, and I'm pretty sure they shot it with uh, with Apollo's actor, 
um, in some of the first scenes because I don't think Gaius has muscle tone like that. Um, oh, he's got muscle tone. Trust me. He's all Tony. So it, 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 they, they, they made you think that she was having sex with Lee at, at first. And that's what I yeah. thought whenever I first saw the scene. I was like, oh, okay. And so when I was writing my notes, it was, you know, Starbuck and, a, and Apollo are making the beast with two backs. And then the when beast she said, of two, how Shakespearean of you. <laughs> I know. Oh, my. We're a literate group, aren't we? So um, I, I have a question, though. Hang on. Hang on. You're not getting away that easy. What was this about you noticing the tonality between Lee and Gaius? How closely are you paying attention to other forms of development in this show? Did the water thing taint you? It might are you have. trying to find stimulation in other aspects? The, well, yeah. I, I You can't discount the amount of rigor required to do good core exercises by yourself doing Cylon tests with your <laughs> pants down. Right. When, you know, some lady named Thrace comes prancing through the door. Well, the water episode got me all wet. And... Uh, <laughs> And it's, it's just uh it's just stuck ever since then so um no i mean it they were zoomed in on oh yeah it was intentional and, yeah yeah so you, you definitely you you see some uh you see some rippling muscleage and then uh thrace's face just well, underneath yeah, she, an armpit she, and you're going, okay, that, that looks like Jamie. Was Bannon's I the only there. one that was surprised that she shaved that armpit? I don't know. I, maybe. I kind of I kinda figured there'd be some braids. I mean, she's she's tomboy. I guess she likes it smooth. I don't, I didn't, it didn't even occur to me to look. <laughs> well, you're checking out Lee's shoulder. I'm checking right. out her pit. That's right. There you go. But please continue. I digress as usual. Fuck, I forgot where I was going with that. <laughs> yeah. All right, so we're, we're, we're pulling a quick one on the geeks because they think that she's nailing Lee. Turns out it's Gaius. She starts calling out Lee's name. Oh, yeah, I, th- I loved that scene. And then, you know, Gaius is looking at her like, uh, no, I'm, I'm not Lee. And, and, you know, he's instantly fucking just, you know dropped at that point he, so he should he should have fucking started calling out lee's name too that's i would have should I, I i call out lee's name daily <laughs> but, but now yeah, so uh, we got that handled what about caprica caprica you've got to have some satisfaction with how they're bringing caprica through now well except they keep dragging that shit out so Hilo has got to be one of the worst shots ever. <laughs> the only w- the only way he could have been a, a a more horrible shot is if he had missed her entirely. I mean, she was what maybe fifteen feet away from him. Yeah, standard he, combat range. And he missed her. Yeah. I mean, he shot her at the top of her shoulder. You got to so, keep people around, you know, so you can have the plots to develop. I know, I know. They're trying to develop that plot. And now that Starbuck is going back to look for this fucking arrow of Apollo. Uh-huh. And, and what ship is she going to use for that? 
Well, she's using the Cylon Raider because apparently uh, the Cylon Raider is the only ship on the Galactica that can make that jump in one jump, which seems, I don't know, that, that seems kind of deus ex machina to me. Um, uh, they've, they've gone all this way in such a long time span. I figure it's probably, what, about six months, eight yeah, months? right around there. That they've been on the run. So they're eight months out from Caprica, and they just happen to have the ship on, on the Galactica that can make that in one jump. So the mm. Cylon technology is so much more advanced oh, it is. than what the colonists have. This shouldn't be now. Let's go back a, a couple. Let's go back a couple of our own episodes when I was telling you the humans should be dead. Right. They could call in every ship from every corner of whatever sector they're in and trounce the Galactica and the fleet. They're toying with the fleet. They intentionally want to keep the humans alive in their little petri dish. Yeah. Yeah. I see it. It's it's definitely. I mean, they 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 have no chance unless the no. Cylons allow them to live, right? Which is what's happening at this point. Exactly. So Starbuck's going to jump back to Caprica. She's going to discover Hilo and not Boomer. And I'm interested to see how not Boomer is going to make it back to the Galactica because I'm sure she is. Um. And it'll be interesting to see her and Boomer together. Although, I'm not sure Boomer's going to make it, because she she tried to eat a bullet in this episode. She did. She did. And missed. So, I'm not sure where they're going with her character. If they're going to keep it around or not. Um. Yeah, I mean, what are your thoughts on that? I think they're going to keep Boomer or not Boomer around, and they're going to bring it to a a point where Boomer and not Boomer face off. So they do face off to one another. I think they will. Well, <laughs> you've already seen this, so you should. Know. Well. <laughs> I'm I'm trying to be obtuse. I and you're doing a very bang up job at that. So. No, no, no. They're gonna bring Boomer back. She makes it. Not Boomer okay. comes back. Not Boomer comes back. You're also gonna see a nice little cat fight between uh, Starbuck and a female that is not not Boomer. Really? Yeah. The arrow has multiple uses. Oh, really? Yeah. But there's other things that have multiple uses, like hallucinogenics and candles. Yep. That's true. Um, that brings everything together, does it not? Uh, it does. And the, the whole mystical thing here is Rosalind's character seems to be kind of going off the rails. I'm not sure where they're going with her character, but she's... Losing all sense of rationality at this point. She's really buying into this whole profit gig that she's got going on. And it's being fed by their high holy cleric, 
that basically is pretty clueless about everything that's not drawn on wood carvings in her book. Yeah, well, see, the important thing to any society is to have a powerful leader that's heavily influenced by religious dogma. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's really what you look for in a theocracy, I mean, a democracy. <laughs> right. <laughs> democracy. You are so subtle. Would I, was I saying that out loud? Is that, is that, oh, was that, was that, no, it was a thought. It was a was, thought. <laughs> we're, we're telemopathic here. <laughs> Jedi mind trick. So but no, it's she's she's getting into it more and more. And interesting, what I think some people overlooked when I, I know I did the first time I went through the series was how Adama, Commander Adama, is paralleling this little roller coaster dementia that Rosalind's going through in his own way. It's, really, it's I- as if yeah, he his conviction. To do what he feels is necessary is equal to her delusions. And the two actually start kind of coming together in certain episode points. It's quite interesting. I hadn't thought of that. Yeah, I hadn't looked at it that way. I'll have to, I'll have to check that out on the next episode. Which will be the last episode of this first season. Yes. Coming to the end of it with a big cliffhanger. We are. Oh, yes. I'm really wondering now that Starbuck has gone back to Caprica instead of uh, blowing up the base ship, though. Without Adama's g- permission. Right. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the ass-chewing he's going to give her when she gets back, too. Mm. But I predict that there won't be too harsh of consequences just because they're down so many pilots, and this is basically his adopted daughter. So Yeah. Um. But I'm wondering how they're going to clear out that that Cylon infestation on that planet and uh, rescue, you know, any survivors off of the Raptor that crashed onto the planet. I love that Crash was the one piloting the Raptor as it crashed onto the planet. (laughs) I would not want to get into an aircraft with that man's call sign. (laughs) Oh, that's great. No, there's uh, more than likely going to be some sort of a uh, a parlay. A parlay. So they're gonna yes. they're gonna come to terms with the Cylons at the end there's, of the first season. I wouldn't say come to terms. There's going to be a meeting of the minds. Okay, I am. I'm all a Twitter, which we're on now. That's true. We are on Twitter. Um, we're at status underscore podcast. So if you want to drop us a tweet, go ahead. Throw us out if, there. If you feel a Trump coming on, you know how to get a hold of us. That's true. Send us a Trump. Yeah. You can uh, poop tweet to us. <laughs> yeah. Because I'm pretty sure that's when he does a lot of his tweeting is sitting on the fucking throne. And it's on. it's made of gold. Solid yeah, and, gold. And in the shape of a toilet. That would be... That's his perfect throne. <laughs> fucking gold toilet. There oh, in fact, go. there's a... There's a uh, there's an art piece in France. I can't remember the museum. But there's an actual art piece in France that's uh, a golden throne, I think, that's... Uh, 
Oh god, it would not surprise me. Say, who was it that made this? I'm, I'm probably going to quote this wrong, but it's like the most exalted. No, no matter the, no matter how exalted the throne, whoever sits upon it is just sitting upon their own arse. Something right. like that. I mean, it's just. No, I'm sorry. Like not chairs. in France. It's in Spain. It's at the Guggenheim in Bilbao. Oh, okay. So it's a it's a solid 18 karat gold toilet, and it's actually in the Guggenheim in one of their public restrooms. Nice. Now, who could whose face could we put on the the toilet paper to go along with that? I don't know. You have any suggestions? Any thoughts about that? Any thoughts? I'm vacillating. I mean, I've never been a, f- a fan of Andrew Jackson, but that's that's dating myself a little bit. But uh, I don't think we could go wrong with uh, Bush 41 or 43. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've got somebody else in mind, but... Well, not that obvious. Right. But anyways... But anyway... Uh, yeah, back to, uh, back to Battlestar. <laughs> We digressed. So we do. We and did. How digress. are we gonna get out of this? Okay, whatever. Uh, fuck the fuck them. All right, we're good. <laughs> so I love that uh, Rosalind's hallucinations are are being taken seriously, and they're and they're building policy around them. So uh, she insisted that they send a search party to the ruins. Then Baltar, thanks to Imaginary Six, decided uh, he was gonna go and personally inspect the ruins. So Sure. I guess they'll probably reveal it in part He's, 2. Well, but- they will and the thing is he you you're going to start seeing things that indicate that imaginary 6 isn't quite so imaginary. Really? Yeah. He is being called upon okay. by the one true god. There is a mission there is a purpose for him. Okay. And it starts getting revealed in this episode and goes in throughout the rest of the series. Interesting. So imaginary six isn't quite imaginary is, is your, is what you're saying. Yeah. She's not quite as imaginary as you would think. And they actually explain that and, Show evidence for uh, I wouldn't say explain it, but there is evidence as the series progresses. There is evidence. There's some shit that just couldn't. It's it's too many opportunities uh, for a random chance to account for. Hmm. Well, I mean, so you have to understand, Gaius is supposedly this genius, so he might pick up on subtle clues that are you know subconscious to him that actually manifest through his consciousness through imaginary six sure that could be as well so the uh the warning of get off the galactica um because something bad is going to happen might just be he has observed something or uh, something triggered a memory and then that manifested through his imaginary friend and he's warning himself. Okay. What I'm or saying is it I could s- be sci-fi fun. 
Or it could be sci-fi fun. I just <laughs> haven't, I haven't seen any evidence to say to 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 the contrary that that this isn't still all in. Did Luke really call the lightsaber to jump into his hand in the ice cave on Hoth, or was there a seismic tremor brought on by that that snow beast that bounced it to his hand? Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, but the yeah. force. Was well the force is real. The force is real, though. That's the difference. Cause see, this is not real. This is this is Battlestar. This is we're talking Star Wars and Battlestar. One is real, one is not. That's so right. I get this. I one understand. Happened. I've got this. One this happens cool. a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, which makes it history. Right. It's historic. That's it's right. His- it's already it happened. Like that. That's right. You're you're absolutely correct. You're a I dick. I get this. <laughs> no, I refuse your penile reference. Ah, <laughs> uh, asshole. You're, you're beginning to block my view of Venus. Name that reference. That's Mar- Marvin the Martian. Fuck yeah, it is the Illudium P thirty five space modulator. The Illudium Pew 36 Explosive Space Modulator. But yeah, no, it's right. You're right. It's absolutely, it's very Jungian. You got this good old-fashioned behaviorism. Bring up B.F. Skinner. I ain't scared. Oh, God, Skinner. Well, behaviorism seems to find a way to tie itself into just about everything, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Observation, then you get a little Freud in there with the subconscious, stir it up a little bit, put in some, uh, oh, I don't know. Uh, Throw in some Maslow for good measure. So, well, oh, well, yeah, Maslow, you got to have the hierarchy of everything. And then, of course, for a little fun, maybe some Hendrix. Got to get Rosalind's thing going in there. Sure. Better living through pharmacology. Right. Because if it's natural, it's safe. Like strychnine and rattlesnake venom. <laughs> it's Fine, natural, yeah. man. But yeah, yeah I think you're going to find that um, as the character develops, either he is really good on a Freudian level, picking up things from the id to the super id, or the ego from the id to the ego to the super ego, pardon me. Um, or there might be more to six than meets the eye. Imaginary six. Maybe. And if they show evidence that, you know, imaginary six is more than just, you know, brain chemistry, then I'll accept that. I haven't seen could, that yet. But it could also be his metachlorian count. That That's true. He could have a very high metachlorian count. Even though that doesn't exist anymore from Disney. Disney pissed all over that shit. Because it's stupid. <laughs> That's not what you be thinking. Yeah. Just going to latch on to that first movie, right? Uh, well, the second two. We got Jar Jar in number two. Jar Jar brings about the end of the entire Republic. That's true. It's because Jar Jar is a Sith. Jar Jar is not a Sith. He's just Jar Jar is a Sith. No, Jar Jar is a Sith. He is the evil Yoda. Yeah, that's that's it. It was all just an act. He's a, he's an evil Sith genius. More powerful than Sidious. Yes. <laughs> he is the drunken master in the old Kung Fu movie that everybody just throws to the side. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. 
Yep. That's what Misa be thinking. Uh-huh. We'll have to explore that in some other podcast about conspiracy oh, theories. Hell yeah. Of course, you know we got to touch on the Jar Jar conundrum. Absolutely. But no, I think we're set pretty well for the next episode. Um, we're going to find you're going to get off Caprica for now. Just for now. Just for now, they're going to go back to Caprica? Oh, yes. What the fuck? I know. I've been trying to hold that in this entire broadcast, but I couldn't do it anymore. They're going back. They're going back to Caprica after they pull Hilo and Not Boomer off and come back yeah. to the... Gil- what yeah. the fuck is on Caprica? I don't... Why? I don't... <laughs> I, is there like... I don't know. I can't imagine why you would want to go... Uh, I'm done. <laughs> no, you're not. I can't not. think about this anymore. No, you're not. No, I can't not. think about it. I can't. I can't. I'm not. I'm just gonna wait until it happens and then bang my head hard on the desk. It'll happen, and you'll understand why at the beginning of episode, or series or uh, season three. Oh, okay. Well, so who was your uh, who was your black lung award today? Always coddle. Coddle? Yeah, I didn't Coddle. see anybody I didn't see anybody smoking this episode. So. Nope, that means it's gotta go by default. And we get a, we get to see him at the very beginning of the episode whenever Rosalind's getting her MRI. So her cancer well, has yeah. progressed her lymphatic system and He's full is, of nothing but good news. Yep, he is well and tr- or she is well and truly fucked, so I keep waiting for him to like, you know, she's like, So doctor, how's things looking? He's like, uh I like your shoes. I like those shoes. You're not going to be needing them much longer. Well, they fit a size 12? Yeah, pretty much. Pretty freaking much. No, uh, Black Lung goes to Coddle because I didn't see anybody smoking. And I'm going to throw Gaius out for the uh, Lush Award. Well, that is, uh, and that's actually who gets my Black Lung and Lush, Lush Award as well. So... Uh, Gaius is sucking down ambrosia like it's candy. It makes uh, me want to go out, and I've never had it before, but it makes me want to go out and buy some of the some of that green fairy juice. I want to get some of that. Uh, 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 what is it? Absinthe. Absinthe. I kept wanting to say laudanum. I'm like, no, I don't think I get laudanum. <laughs> no, I can't get laudanum. That's uh, that's uh, class one now. That's, so that's that's uh, not the green fairy. That's all the fairies. Yeah. Um. No, um, absinthe. I've had it once. I don't think I've had very good absinthe because it kind of sucked. So, um, well, and there's a whole process in how you're supposed to consume it. Yeah, and I think that was to cover up the taste of bad absinthe. But from what I hear, <laughs> good absinthe, good absinthe is actually good on its own. You don't have to pour it over sugar. But I don't right. know. I'm not an absinthe uh, expert, so it's it's drizzled. It's dripped over the sugar. Right. Um, so yeah, Gaius gets my, my head lush award, uh, Coddle gets my black lung award and my player award. This episode definitely goes to Starbuck for basically fucking two people at once. Right. I was actually thinking about giving it to Gaius just by virtue of him finally tapping that. No, no, no. But 
I see where you're coming from. No, that that dick shrinking comment when she called out Lee's name and she was orgasming and it was bias that was sweaty. Now, yeah. I'm sorry, Baltar that was sweating all over. <laughs> now she gets the player award there. Bias Baltar. <laughs> He's a little one-sided. <laughs> so who is your but player yeah, award? Yeah, okay. I'm going to go ahead and stick with Gaius because, you know, even though I might be wrong, I see the truth in your statement. I'm going to, that's who I was thinking because he finally got a hold of the one woman that seemed to be unattainable. That's true. And he managed to do it in the first season. <laughs> he, he cut it down to the wire as the next to last episode of the first season, but yes, he, he did. Get it to the now, season, I right? would like to introduce a concept that you may or may not, you know, for your consideration. Okay. You may not want to go with it. The, uh, there, there's a, we're, we're going to get a lot of dementia going on. It's not okay. just going to be restricted to Rosalind anymore. Really? Yes. So I was thinking we might need to come up with some, I don't know, uh, and we, maybe we could call it epiphany because it seems like we're going to start getting a whole lot of inner hidden knowledge from people's, I can't prove this or, you know, my, my, my guts telling me or whatever. There's a lot of people going to start seeing some interesting things. Okay. So what are you, what are you suggesting? I'm thinking we ought to have like a, an epiphany award or a dementia award or, the Hendrix, we can call no, no, the Purple Hippo, the Purple Hippo Award. Okay, the Purple so. Hippo Award. Who saw the Purple Hippo? <laughs> That's <laughs> what we need to do. The Purple Hippo. In this episode, were we to adopt this, I would nominate Rosalind. So yes, not, Rosalind would definitely get my Purple Hippo Award on this as well. So let's 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 explain the Purple Hippo. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> because this is definitely an inside inside joke and inside story. <laughs> so why don't you uh, why don't you kind of start us off on the purple hippo, and I'll fill in the gaps as needed. <laughs> All right. There was a time in the not too distant past where me and V worked six days a week doing late night delivery of newspapers to carriers throughout the tri-state area. And due to extreme fatigue, over-caffeination, and extreme boredom, you had an experience. I did. So there was a very large meteor that hit the atmosphere. And like he said, I was very tired. Um, this had been a long drive. I think I was pushing nine hours and I hadn't had much sleep the day before, which is dangerous. And I do not advocate doing that. So not at all. I was not at all. very hyped up on caffeine. And as this meteor came in, it, now, ladies it, and gentlemen, boys and girls, this is before Red Bull. This is, yeah, I think this yeah, is this pre Red this, Bull. There were no wings. Yeah. So as the meteor came in, it, it, uh, exploded and there was a very, very bright white flash in a very, very dark night. This is, we were in a, or I was driving in a very rural area. And so there were no lights other than my headlights. So this left an after image 
in my vision. <laughs> and uh, um, you got to keep them separated was playing on the radio as I was driving. And the after image was a purple after image. And in my over caffeinated state, the after image morphed into a Cylon. hippo, a <laughs> purple hippo that was lip syncing to you got to keep them separated. You so, got to. That is my. Which uh, that's I think is perfect, which means, oh, you, all right, you need to get a sound cut. You got to get a sound cut whenever we award the purple hippo. You got to have that. You got to keep them separated. You got to keep them separated. Between reality and delusion. (laughs) You got to keep them separated. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's it. See, there we go. I had my epiphany. (laughs) So the purple hippo award for this episode. You got to keep them separated. Definitely goes to Rosalind. There you are. All right. That's it. I think we got this one done. This one's done. So next week, we will be discussing Season 1, Episode 13. This is the season finale called Cobol's Last Gleaming, Part 2. When Commander Adama learns that Kara disobeyed orders and jumped to Caprica on orders from President Roslin, he demands the President's resignation with the implied threat of a military coup. Roslin refuses his demand and sparks a confrontation. Ooh, this should be a an yeah. episode to end the season on. Yeah. There's some tension. I'm excited. I am as well. All right. Well, thanks for joining us this week. Our intro and outro music is Welcome Home by Cambo. Pod crawl music is Snack Fix by Machette. If you like the show, please rate us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Podchaser, and Blueberry. You can leave us feedback at smokinganddrinkinginspace.com or you can email us at smokinganddrinkinginspace at outlook.com. You can tweet us at satis underscore podcast. That's S-A-D-I-S underscore podcast. This is Jason. This is Red. And we'll talk to you next week. Bye.